0: The Five-Star Zone with Rico Beard.
1: All right, welcome to another edition of The Five-Star Zone. I'm Rico Beard. Evan Jenkins giving you a a holiday version. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. And Evan, I guess if you're the Michigan Wolverines, uh, Thanksgiving is, well, it's going to come a little early for you because you you, you got the anticipated matchup that you want. This, This is the matchup that Michigan is waiting for for the longest. Everything's on the line. You beat Ohio State this Saturday. You not only get that monkey off your back, you win the Big Ten East, and guess where you get to go? You get to go down the road to Indianapolis for the very first time ever. Everything's on the line for this game. Ohio State is coming in beyond red hot, scorching white hot. They dismantled MSU last week. The number seventeen, the 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 second worst loss ever between top seven teams since nineteen (laughs) forty five, when I think what was it? I think uh, they were on the verge
0: of having the biggest win over Michigan State that they've ever had. I mean, they were on the verge of just every Rico. They could have scored eighty points if they wanted. They stopped. They stopped. They they literally did. They they at halftime.
1: Right before halftime, they took a knee. They could have scored easily oh, in yeah. that 30 seconds. And they just decided, you know what, we're done and we're going on to Michigan. They, they, they changed their focus. And you heard right then and there, you know, even Ryan Day admitted, yeah, we were in the middle of the game. We had already started focusing towards Michigan. In the last two games, Ohio State has scored on their first six possessions a touchdown think about that it was 40 they put up 42 points on their first six possessions and then they put a cherry on top of Michigan State and scored on their seventh possession no (laughs) punts they have one punt in the game this team is clicking on all cylinders and yeah it's going to be a task for Michigan to win this game Michigan has to play a perfect game because I mean yeah, you're going to say, well, you know, they were able to handle Jaden Reed from Michigan State. Okay, because Naylor went out in the second half. That's one guy. Jahan Dotson from Penn State, that's one guy. To put it like this, Ohio State is so good that their fourth best receiver is the number one guy at Alabama. He couldn't crack the lineup. That's how good this receiving core is. I mean, you're just like, wow, you know, well, Chris Olave – is the third receiver, Evan?
0: He's a first round pick in the NFL draft coming up. He's their number three guy. And he's a burner on the outside, too. But I mean, what's great about their receivers is they're all interchangeable. They can all play on the inside, they can all play on the outside. And then, I mean, that's not even talking about like their heralded freshman receiver, Marvin Harrison Jr., which you might be familiar he can't play. with that name. But he can't get Yeah, he can't field. play. Their tight end no, is an NFL tight end who can't get passes because why? When you can beat everybody <laughs> over the top or to the sidelines or whatever they're doing. And, like, C.J. Stroud Oh, has, and by
1: the way, they have a running back who's probably the
0: number two running back in the Big Ten. Oh, that's a true freshman. <laughs> Trayvon Henderson. So you're going to yeah. see that kid a lot more. <laughs> and then number 28, their backup back, is just a bowling ball that's going out there can get you tough yards. Oh, yeah, and they also have the senior Master Teague that we've seen play for Ohio State the last four years pretty well, too. You know what I mean? And and then Stroud is just just rounding into form. And also the people that say this Ohio State defense isn't that good, go watch them the last few weeks and tell me if you still think that way. I know what happened, you know, 10 weeks ago, two and a half months ago, but, I mean, think about how much better their defense got. Like Cade McNamara already well, gonna, has trouble getting the ball over the line. He said it's center the last two games in the helmet. Those those defensive linemen are huge for Ohio State.
1: Yeah, and that's just it's like, wow. For to use the words of Gary Barta, if, if you look at them statistically, they're just better. They're better. They've improved. If you're thinking about, oh, well, they lost to Oregon, that's not the same team. That team is a complete team. Michigan's going to have to, you know, I guess their philosophy is they're going to have to come in and try and ball control and kind of go on those San Francisco 49er 13-minute drives. If you can sustain that, yes, the only problem is Ohio State can score in one minute and give you the ball back and say, okay, your turn again. Can you keep this up? Because we can just score. And and that's without running the ball. Because we saw what this – vaunted Michigan defense looked like against Kenneth Walker. Now imagine you got a team that's balanced. So even if you do focus on the passing game, Henderson could just take you up the middle. It's going to be a difficult task. If Michigan gets it, man, they're in the playoffs. I think everything that they've always wanted under Jim Harbaugh will happen. He'll get that thing, but you got to play a perfect game. No penalties. You can't kick field goals. You can't overthrow receivers. You can't drop if – you, if you have an interception, you can't drop it. You got to get every loose ball. If you win the uh, coin toss, unlike Michigan State, you need to take the ball first. Mm-hmm. Do not give the ball to Ohio State because you're spotting them the lead. That's just how good they are. I mean, Evan, I've seen both teams now up close and in person. Michigan is a good team. I don't want the people to think hear this and be like, oh, you're just bashing Michigan. No. Michigan is a good team. Ohio State is an elite team. Ohio State, it's it's the reason why a lot of people say, I don't want the playoffs expanded, because you normally have three really elite teams and a bunch of good teams. And right now, if you did a 12-team playoff, despite getting blown out 56-7, to Michigan State would be the 12th team in the playoff. And it would be a good reward for them, but they would stand no chance even though I saw if they did the pairings, you know who Michigan State would play in the first game? Would it be Georgia? Michigan? Oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nah, because the first four teams get a bye, That's so right. it would actually be Michigan, Michigan State around two, and I guess this time it would be in Ann Arbor, which I would absolutely love to see. But what you would what you find out is like every year, because people are like, well, the, the playoff games are such blowouts because every year there's only one or two or maybe even three elite teams. And then you have some good teams that kind of fill it out. That fourth team is normally the, what I like to call the lamb-to-slaughter team. You're going to get destroyed against the number one team, but congratulations, you get to hang the banner and say you made the college football playoff. See uh, Michigan State, see Notre Dame, see all of the, Washington, those teams that made it, and they're a part of the fraternity, but they're never going to get beyond the velvet rope to the executive board table. That's why. That's what Ohio State looks like. Ohio State looks like a team that can compete with Alabama, a team that can compete with Georgia and give them a really good game. So that's why I'm saying looking at them in person, it, they looked really good. Michigan is Michigan was good. Ohio State looked next level. So it's gonna be interesting to see what the what the Wolverines have in store and, and Evan, you know, flipping back to Michigan State. After getting embarrassed, uh, they fell to exactly where I said that they would go. If you listen to uh, the instant reaction on the five-star zone, I know a lot of people were like, oh, my God, they're going to get kicked out of the top 25. You can't take away what happened this season, but you can't deny the ass-kicking that they just took against the Buckeyes. They're they're 12th. That's a good number for Michigan State for reason being – it leaves you right there on the cusp of making a New Year Six bowl game. And, you know, it's one of those, yeah, if I told you at the beginning of the year, you would beat Michigan, you would win 10 games, and you would go play in a New Year Six bowl game, every Spartan would have signed up for that.
0: Yeah, like 100 not times I, over and I, over. <laughs> yeah.
1: So the, now if you're a Michigan State fan, priority one this team has to beat Penn State now. This is a Penn State team that had 34 people with flu-like symptoms last week. Even though they, I think they destroyed Rutgers 28 to nothing. I don't know how healthy these guys are, but you know they they were all down, including Sean Clifford, their quarterback. They pulled Clifford out the game. They really didn't need him in there. You got their coach signing a 10-year extension. Uh, somehow or another, James Franklin convinced Penn State to pay him seven. million dollars a year for the next 10 years because kind of like Mel Tucker he was that hot name out there and Penn State said we need to go ahead and lock this guy up James Franklin excellent recruiter maybe the worst in-game coach ever I like to say he is the coaching equivalent to Adrian Martinez No matter what, you know, Adrian Martinez will find a way to piss the game away at the end, whether it's a fumble, whether it's an interception. That's James Franklin. He will do something so horrific coaching-wise that you're like, yep, saw that coming, seen this movie before, the boat hits the iceberg, right? And then it goes down, that's Penn State. He doesn't have this pristine record, but, you know, they they kept him along. So you're only as good as what you're worth. Michigan State has to beat this team and Evan the, the thing about MSU, I think they're kind of running out of gas. They're running out of steam. they're they're missing players. The team that beat Michigan, that team doesn't exist anymore because you got players who are out injured, whether it's uh you know Jalen Naylor with the with this hand injury, Simeon Barrow didn't play in the game. I don't think you're going to see him again this season um you know, Jared Hurst, No one really knows what's going on with that situation. So, your corners, you know, Ronald Williams has the back injury. Chuck Brantley, the guy that made the game winning interception against Michigan, he's done, I think he's done for a while. He could probably maybe come back for the bowl game. Kaveras Crouch, you know, walking around in a big brace. The biggest one, I think, was probably when you saw Jaden Reed in the boot at halftime at the Ohio State game, and Kenneth Walker, the third, didn't play in the second half for precautionary reasons. Evan, I just named pretty much every star of the Michigan State team. You saw what they looked like when you took those players out. That was Saturday's game against Ohio State. That team shows up Saturday. You're probably looking at a Citrus or an Outback Bowl, which you would take, but it would make this season kind of a disappointment because I think expectations got raised, Evan.
0: Yeah, I would be very disappointed. And I think what you said about Michigan, what they have to do with Ohio State, I think Michigan State kind of has to do the same against Penn State, where they... They can't turn the ball over. If there is a loose ball, you got to get it. Like, they have to play a pretty good game. I mean, I'm, I'm eager to see what the other receivers are going to do for Michigan State this weekend, um, being, is it Fitzpatrick, the kid that came in from Louisville, and, and and Keon Coleman. I liked what I saw at the end of the game against Ohio State. And so you get to see a little out of him, but you're right. I mean, people were like, why didn't they run Kenneth Walker more? And I'm like, well, Kenneth Walker was banged up, obviously, or else there's no way that they wouldn't have had him in there knowing what, I mean, 125 yards does for him in the stat sheet for a Heisman. You know what I mean? And there is no reason to play him. And, yeah, when you're down 21, nothing like that, it's very hard to establish your offense as running because, I mean, you were at the game. You probably saw it better than I did on TV, but they were stacking the box against Michigan State. They were saying, you're going to have to complete passes, and I don't think you can. And they didn't, except I, for the one drive. They couldn't. And and they had the perfect game plan because, yeah, they, they just went after Walker. And I think every team has game planned that, but not been able to execute the way that Ohio State has. And that's why I just look at that game over and over, and I'm like, oh, my God. It's like scrimmages don't go that bad for teams. You know what I mean? Like uh Open play fields don't go that bad for teams, and I think Michigan State it was practice. I mean, this you're, you're going to have to see out the best out of Peyton Thorn, and you know what? Save your best for last because you get you win this game. You'll have what a month and a half before you play your bowl game, or so. See, yeah, and that's just it. If you can win, if you can win this game. Chances
1: are you'll get a New Year's Six bowl game and you get a month to kind of rehab yourself and get yourself healthy. I think then you'll see Naylor. Then you'll see some of the pieces coming back that'll give you a, an excellent shot at doing this. But you got to win this game. And this is this is a limp to the finish line. This is a game where I, this this game's gonna be on a guy like Peyton Thorne to yeah. really show that he could be the leader and he can get this team going. You're going to have to get, move the ball in ways that you haven't seen. And kind of like you said, whether it's you know Keon Coleman or Christian Fitzpatrick or Malik Carr, you're going to have to get other people involved in the game because you may not have all the toys that you're used to having. But you got enough. You got to be able to go out there and win. You're going to have to be able to score points. Ohio State just kind of took you out of your game plan because – man, before the popcorn got cold, it was 21 to nothing. And then when you were driving, you fumbled twice when you got on their side of the ball. Those are the things you cannot do. I mean, imagine if they would have scored and it was 21 to 14, you at least feel like you got a puncher's chance. But at 28 to nothing in the first quarter, Evan, you play video games. Back when I was in grad school, when we would play Madden, We just, you know, it was called a reset game where if you were beating me that bad, I would just hit the reset button and say, you know what? I'm going to give you this game. Let's start over. Can't do that in real life. But that's what that game felt like. Somebody just hit the giant reset button on the side
0: of the stadium and let's try to do this thing over again. It was that bad. Yeah, for us it's twenty one skunk. You start the game. You get one chance to score, and if you don't, that's it. And that's what should have happened in that game. And I just don't know what to expect when I go to East Lansing on, on Saturday because I don't know how full that stadium's gonna be. I mean, I think that's very important on a senior day. Um I, I just not really I don't know holiday break. Right, but that's what I'm saying. I don't know how full that stadium's going to be, so it's going to be kind of weird because you know Mel Tucker's trying to build something with Michigan State, and one thing Michigan State has always lacked is that fan base that's going to go there no matter what, right? With football, I mean, pack seventy five thousand. You're you're always going to get that sixty five thousand, but it's that other ten when the team is down? Are they going to be there? And that's what Mel Tucker's trying to build. And, yes, winning is going to help that out a lot. And Michigan State has done a lot of winning this year. So I want to see a packed woodshed, but I don't know if I'm going to. But I also don't know what I'm going to see on the field. Are we going to see Kenneth Walker? Are you going to see Jaden Reed? Are you going to see these things? And what are we going to see with Sean Clifford? Because that guy's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, too, I feel like. Where he's having a good game, his confidence gets higher and higher, the better and better he gets. But once he's down, you you can get him down and out. Yeah, you
1: got to be able to put pressure on them. And kind of like uh, Maryland, he becomes their leading rusher where you think you got to play beat and then Talia Tungavaloa kind of scrambles out there and picks it up. Or Adrian Martinez was their leading rusher just when you thought, oh, okay, you got him for a sack. No, he just picked up eight yards. So you got to be able to keep him in the pocket and contain him. It's going to be a difficult task, especially with Mel Tucker on the brink of signing the uh, 10-year... 95 million dollar contract and for everybody wondering like what's the hold up from what I've gathered on both sides it's it's language in the contract it's dotting the i's and it's crossing the t's it's imminent I think both sides realize especially the university it's gone too far you can't pull this thing off the table I think timing has something to do with it too A lot of people wanted it done before the Ohio state game. So the optics doesn't look like you're rewarding him from the, for the probably one of the worst losses ever at Michigan state. So that's why I think both parties are now, they're not in a big hurry to get it signed. You may even see something during, you know, the, the holiday break, like on a Friday when they know it's not a ton of news people out there and just kind of let that story float out there. So it doesn't look, it's just optics. That's why, because, I mean, other than Nick Saban's first game against Nebraska, which I was, uh, I was in grad school and had to cover, and the first time they played Alabama in the bowl game, I think it was the Outback or the Citrus Bowl, those losses were probably the only two losses that felt worse, where MSU didn't have a chance. Like, even in the college football playoff, MSU had a chance up until halftime. They, they could have scored. They were driving. They could have made the game 10-7 at the half you felt like they had a chance. But in those three games, the first Bama game, the Nebraska game, and the game against Ohio State, Evan, you knew the team had no shot. It, it felt like practice, that Ohio State was the practice, it was the first team, and Michigan State was the scout team. That's how bad it felt. So they got to be able to bounce back from that. They have to be able to go and beat Penn State. If they can beat Penn State, now here's step two if you're a Spartan fan. You need to hope that Oklahoma loses and you need to hope that uh Old Miss loses to Mississippi State on Thanksgiving. Why? Because that's going to push you up in the rankings and that's going to almost solidify you a spot right now. They did the projected New Year 6 games and Michigan State was like right on the outside. They were the first cut. Okay. Because some of those games some of those games are still based upon, you know, conference affiliations. So Pitt would go to the Sugar Bowl, even though they're ranked 17th over Michigan State because they're in, they're the ACC champion. So that's why, if you're MSU, the magical number for you to feel safe is you need to get to that number 10 spot. At the 10 spot, that means regardless of conference affiliations, you're going to get one of those games. And chances are, you'll probably end up in the Fiesta Bowl, uh, out in uh, in out in Phoenix. So that's what you're looking for. So, yeah, that helps you because Ole Miss and Mississippi State playing the Egg Bowl, I think it's a pick em game. So if Mississippi State wins, once again, Michigan State has to win, and then you need the kind of the teams that are close to you to lose. Like if Michigan loses to Ohio State, that doesn't help. Michigan's going to go to the Rose Bowl. They're going to play Oregon. Also, another reason, I don't think Michigan State wants to play Ole Miss because that'll be a horrible matchup for Michigan State. Oh, it, it, yeah. It'll be like the Ohio State game all over again.
0: Oh, my goodness. They will throw the ball all over. I'm glad yeah. that you said so, that about Michigan, though, because I was curious if Michigan – so it would not be the loser of the Big Ten title game. It would just be the second-best finish in the Big Ten to go to the um, Rose Bowl. I don't know how that works. It depends. Well,
1: no, it depends. Now you're talking the what-ifs. If Wisconsin beat – like say Wisconsin-Ohio State play and Wisconsin pulls off the upset and beats the Buckeyes, Ohio State would be out of the college football playoffs and they would be going to the Rose Bowl and then it would be a trickle-down thing. Okay. So that's why if you're Michigan State, you got to win and you're going to need some help to make sure you solidify one of those spots. The committee has already told you what they think about you. So that's why you got to win. And, and if you can, if you can win convincingly against Penn State, that's better. But for your Michigan State, you just need to win by one and hope that a couple of teams right in front of you lose. And if that's the case, now you get that spot where you because let's face it, that those are the games that people care about. Those are the games that people really get into. Yeah, would it be nice to see them in a bowl, you know? an Outback Bowl, I mean, we'd watch it, Evan, but I would have no desire to want to go to that game. Whereas if it's a New Year's Six game and they got an opportunity to win an 11th game and go 11-2 and two this season against a top opponent, absolutely you would do that. So that's, that is the difference right there. That's what you're looking at, and that's what you got to hope if you're MSU that you get. But, yeah, there, there's a couple teams in front of you that's going to kind of, you, you got to root for certain teams in order, you
0: know, in, in, in order to, to get what you want. Yeah, just to solidify it. And I get what you're saying. I mean, it's interesting. I, I can't wait to see what happens Saturday and just the fact that. I mean, for both of these teams in in state, Michigan and Michigan State, nobody expected this at the end of the college football season on week 12 or week 13, whatever it is, to be sitting here and saying that Michigan is playing for a chance to go to the Big Ten title game and Michigan State is playing for a chance for 10 wins. Like If we would have said this 13 weeks ago, four months ago, People would have oh, literally dude, said, "Shut this podcast down! You guys are morons. Get out of here! You're homers, and like, there's no homers. realism there. You know what I
1: mean? Homers, yeah. yeah oh, this would have been the Homer bo- bo- podcast. Absolutely, I, 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 one hundred percent, wholeheartedly agree with you. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's everything is on the line. I mean, think about it. We were all talking about can they each team get to seven and zero and get the the matchup? Who could get to eight? And that happened. And now you have this. And yeah, if you're Michigan. Win or lose, chances are you're. If you lose, Michigan's going to go to the Rose Bowl. They haven't been to the Rose Bowl, I think, since two thousand three or two thousand four. Man, they're going to pack that joint out. Oh yeah, it it, it it would it would be like when Michigan State took over the Rose Bowl at at the end of the two thousand thirteen season, and eighty five percent of the bowl was was Michigan State fans. Now you couldn't see that when you watch it on TV. Because all you saw was the Stanford side. But if the cameras were on the other side of the field, you would see how much green and white was actually at the game. The cameras just happened to hit the wrong side of the field. That it looked like, oh wow, there's a lot of Stanford people there. Evan, it was not. I tell I was there. It wasn't. So yeah, Michigan would get that. They're gonna pack, they're gonna bring fans and, and the Rose Bowl will embrace that now. I mean, you were looking at a matchup of top defensive ends because you, you would have Thibodeau, who everybody think the Lions are going to take, along with Hutchinson and Ajabo. So there would be a lot of NFL scouts at that game. If you're MSU, you got to beat Penn State. And then, you know, you're going to have a round-robin tournament going on in the Big 12. So they may knock each other out. And you need Ole Miss to uh, lose to Mississippi State and that'll pretty much get you a spot at a New Year's Six bowl game. So that's what you that's what you're hoping for. And um hey, as you, as you said, good thing we got some good college football teams because the pro team in this area has been pretty bad. But football's been enjoyable this year.
0: It, it really has. I mean, from every aspect. I mean, it's like you know, Michigan has done everything what was put in front of them. I mean, the Michigan-Michigan State game lived up to all of the hype and more. I know for Michigan fans, they're going to say absolutely not. But it was a phenomenal football game, no matter how you look at it. And then you just... I mean, it's crazy to think that Michigan State would bring in a transfer running back who would you know, go on to, I I think he's not leading the nation anymore, but in rushing and have Heisman talk all the way up until your 11th game. I mean, these are things, Mm -hmm. like I said, that are unimaginable for Michigan State. And for anybody that wants to say, well, they wouldn't have done it if they didn't have Kenneth Walker, blah, blah, blah. I, I don't know if that's true because I do think that they find a way. I don't think... Listen, the Michigan game might be something different. He went out there, put the team on his back, and he won that game. But the other eight wins, I mean, I still think that they can beat these teams without Kenneth Walker. Miami might have been a little tougher. But I'm just saying, my, my point of that is, is I don't think Mel Tucker's stopping anytime soon. He emphasized after that Ohio no. State game how important recruiting is. And and you're starting to see it, that he's getting some bigger names come in. But I don't think he's going to turn it his is. back on the on the portal one bit.
1: No, Evan, and I think he's probably going to hit the portal a little bit harder, especially now that you got a lot of coaching changes. you got kids who are either decommitting or they're leaving their school. Jalen Berger, a former Wisconsin Badger running back, that's a name to look out for because I can easily see him being the guy that kind of replaces Kenneth Walker. Now, will he have Walker-like stats? I don't know, but I think you can get a lot out of Berger, and and the recruiting coordinators are from Wisconsin, so they know this kid because – you know, a lot of people are like, well, he was a malcontent at Wisconsin. Whatever the problem was at Wisconsin, you got former Wisconsin uh, staff on this current Michigan State staff. They know the whole story. But, yeah, you're probably going to look at that. You're probably going to – if it were me, if I'm Mel Tucker, I would raid the Mac. I would go and find the best defensive ends and probably the best left tackle in the Mac and see if they want to upgrade. Kind of what happened with Jaden Reed. Yeah, you could stay down here or we can bring you up there. Because I'm more so – I want a guy who's done it rather than a guy who's been like, – like Ronald Williams was, you know, second string at, a, at at Alabama. Right. He didn't have the reps. He got better as the year progressed. But if you take a guy who, who was already doing this every week, now he just has to kind of get up to the level of competition. But I'd rather take that chance. Now, once again, taking somebody at the transfer portal does not mean guarantee that this thing is going to work. It just means that I think you're bettering your chance because they got to step above an incoming freshman because especially at, at a ta- left tackle position, you're not going to start an incoming freshman. Unless they get Keontae Goodwin, and right now you know a lot of the big boys want him he's the 6'8 five star tackle that's committed to Kentucky but
0: oh he's the kid you know, that we talked about he, before where i thought he was like 35 taking photos with mel yes, Tucker yes, yes that kid's enormous he's if you enormous
1: if you get if you get him yeah he could start from day 1 as a true freshman but I would go. I would look at the MAC. I would look at the group of five teams. I would try to get the best defensive end because the problem with Michigan State secondary, because I know a lot of people, I want to touch upon this real quick. Got to fire Scotty Hazelden. That's going to be an exercise for Mel Tucker, especially now that he's going to be making $9.5 million. You have newer expectations. You can't have the number 130th ranked pass defense. Evan, you know what that means? That means <laughs> that every team in the MAC. Is better than you. Eastern Michigan, they're better than you. Toledo, better. Ball State, better. New Mexico, better. Tulsa, better. Name the team. They're better than you. Boston College, better than you. Vanderbilt, better than you. Yeah, it's wild. And you so want to you? You think that's Central more, Florida better than you?
0: You think that's more scheme than like actual players? Like because I I see so many times where I see these quarterbacks slip out. And all the defensive backs have their back to the quarterback. Like I don't know what See, you guys I See, I,
1: th- I I think I think it's a I think it's a little bit of both. And if you're Tucker, how quick of a hook do you have on Scotty Hazleton? Because remember, he didn't have a long lasting relationship with Hazleton. So it's not like they're boys. Right. If you're Tucker, do you go Nick St- Saban style and bring in some coach that just got fired and turn Michigan State into the passage Malibu rehab of the North? Cause that's all that I. I mean, I fully expect Dan Mullen to be on
0: Nick Saban's staff. He, the fired Florida head coach. I mean, isn't that your Mel most, Tucker? That's the most predictable thing. It's like when a Patriot left the Patriots. you right. Knew he was coming to Detroit. Like it. It just happened. Right. And I think. Or they. Or,
1: or you, yeah, like right. when the
0: Tigers used to take every
1: San Diego Padre. It was or when like, they okay. used to draft
0: every front office person's kid. <laughs> like
1: yeah. <I> mean, so <laughs> if you're Tucker. Do you make the change immediately or do you give Hazleton another year? Because I don't think Hazleton had the players. You saw the example. Look at Jay Johnson last year with the players that he had. He upgraded and he became a better team. Michigan State became fun to watch. They would hit the big plays. They would do all types of things. They became one of the top scoring offenses in the Big Ten in one year. Can Hazleton make that that turn?
0: That they went right. nine that they're nine and two right now with the worst passing defense in all of college football. That's another yeah. thing that I would have said that you would have said, dude, seriously, go take a few weeks off because you're not even thinking thing. right. They did all if of you that had, with a horrible defense. Evan, I think if you had the seventy fifth
1: best pass defense, you beat Purdue. Oh, absolutely. Now, you I probably agree with that. you probably were still gonna you were gonna lose to Ohio State unless you had like a top ten defense. But you would have. So The question is, what do you do with Hazelton? Do you give him another year? Do you hit the portal hard and say, okay, I need you to identify? Because I think corners-wise, the corners are bad because you don't have the pass rush. And I think most people who don't follow football just think, well, your corners suck. You could have Jalen Ramsey out there with Deion Sanders and Daryl Revis covering for you. If you're making those guys cover over five seconds – the receiver's going to get open. No corner can stick with a receiver that long. Michigan State's not getting the pressure. They're not getting the pressure on the edges. Yeah, Drew Beasley is good. Panashouk is good. But you need great pass rushers to to disrupt the passing game. That's what you see from Michigan with Hutchinson and Najabo that you could rush for and they could disrupt your game. Michigan State has to bring extra people. So for MSU, it's do you want to die by cannon fire or do you want to die by a thousand knife cuts? And each week they go by the thousand knife cuts. And it's excruciating to watch as a fan because you're thinking, well, hell, man, just go for it and blitz. And and if you're going to lose, lose, lose like a man. So do you upgrade that? Because making nine point five million dollars now means you don't get the chance to say, hey, that's my guy. He could turn out to be like Pat Narduzzi when everybody thought Narduzzi's defense was complete garbage. And then he kept saying, let me get my players in here, and I promise you this defense is going to look better. And then that's when the no-fly zone happened. And everybody was like, oh, the corners were great. But it wasn't the corners. You had NFL defensive linemen and Shalik Calhoun and Will Golston. You had Malik McDowell. You had guys on the D-line that went on to play in the NFL. And they could rush four, hit home, and now it makes the back seven look great.
0: Yeah, I mean you're so. exactly right and that's I mean and that I think that right there is key for Michigan against Ohio State. Ojabo and Hutchinson, they can't have a night off. It cannot be you know Ohio State is scheming for them. You know it and you know they have been scheming for them and it's I wonder if they're going to take the route where those two kids aren't going to beat us and how they take them out of the game is going to be very intriguing to me. Yeah, so that's that's the key
1: for Tucker is what do you do with your defensive coordinator next year? Do you give him another shot? Do you upgrade? Do you hit the portal? I mean, people are like, what you know, the top corner out of uh, LSU transferred out, and, yeah, I don't think he's going to come to Michigan State, guys. Tucker's going to get his share of people, but the thing that he also has done, and he showed a lot of coaches how you can win with transfer people. So I look at the top player, like Jamison uh, Williams, you know, Ohio State's number four receiver goes to Alabama. He almost went to Michigan State, but he ends up going to Alabama and now he's up for the Bolitnikoff Award as one of the top receivers. So you know, you're probably gonna see that top corner going to one of the other top teams, whether it's Ohio State, whether it's somewhere somewhere like that. But if you're Tucker, you gotta try to you got to get some edge rushers, you gotta get a left tackle and maybe add in another linebacker to go to pair up with Caveras Crouch. But other than that, I, I think that you would have enough. I think, you know, look for Jalen Berger, the running back. And speaking of running backs, if Kenneth Walker wants to get back into the Heisman race where he's taken seriously, not only do they have to win that game, Evan, Walker would probably have to do something that uh, very few people have done in the history of college football. As a matter of fact, only six people have. No, only I take that back. Only four people have done this. He's probably gonna have to rush for 400 yards. <laughs> and Ladanian Tomlinson, Melvin Gordon, uh, Jarrett Patterson, and Samaji P. Rhyme are the only running backs who have done that. He's gonna have to do something extraordinary. 200 yards and five touchdowns ain't gonna cut it. If what you about 200 get, yards, seriously,
0: back in the ring, and 10 touchdowns? That would, but, but it's it, it, no, something it, but, that's so crazy that Madden type. And numbers. that's what I'm saying.
1: Right. And I'm saying something like that, like 200 yards and seven touchdowns. Yeah. You would have to break a record mm-hmm. in order to get people to say, Hey, look at me. And I don't know if he's going to do that or not, but honestly a Heisman trophy, I think would be more valuable for Michigan state than making to, to making it to the playoff because a Heisman trophy is forever. State made it to the playoffs seven years ago and most
0: people have forgotten about it, but you don't forget Heisman Trophy winners.
1: No, it's but good yeah, you, you, that you would have that to up. do something
0: ridiculous. Because I asked you about that earlier in the year and you told me that. And I was like, huh. But then more and more I thought about it, you're right. It, it's immortal. It doesn't go away. I mean that, that Evan. Yeah. Did, you're right. you, think about think about this.
1: <clears throat> There's a program out there that doesn't have a head coach that made it to the college football playoffs. Can you name them? They currently do not have a head coach. Okay, so Florida. Let me ask there. you. Here's my question for you. Can you answer that question, Evan?
0: All right, let me go through it. Florida fired. I'm trying to think who's been in all the playoffs. Oh, LSU? No. Oh, Osiron State. Oh, yeah, there. you're right.
1: LSU, no, no. I guess, no, you're
0: right. LSU is it? I guess there's two. Oh, Clemson is your coach. Bama's always been there. State's always been there. Penn State just re upped. Ohio State is a coach. Good call for you on LSU. I got to give you credit for that. I thought
1: I forgot about LSU because, yeah, but. So, what's the how team I, I'm not thinking of? The University of Washington.
0: Wait, they went to the playoffs?
1: Exactly. You just made my point. Washington made the playoffs, yeah. Really? Yeah, I think Washington went to the playoffs the year after Michigan State went to the playoffs. No, and, no, and they got shellac the really? same way. Wow! Yeah, when did yeah. they
0: fire their coach? I mean, talk about flip flop of seasons. People thought that they were going to do what Michigan did, and vice versa. Jeez. Well, it's the it's
1: the tale of two cities. Their coach and uh, Mel Tucker came in at the exact same time during the pandemic year. Washington actually won their division and played in the championship game last year in 2020.
0: You're right. They fired their coach in the Peach Bowl to Bama in 2000. I I mean, I was so dead set that you were wrong there. But that was when they had Peterson, right? They got the. Okay. Wow. They were 12 and two. Yeah. I totally forgot it. Totally. Yeah. You forget about these things. Well, no. And the best part is just yesterday was I looking at all the playoff teams and I just totally glossed over them even there. Because mm-hmm. I was trying to think of who was in the very first playoff because Ohio Dude, State won that very first playoff.
1: Outside the state of Michigan, you could win a bar bet. Most people don't remember Michigan State was in the
0: playoffs. Yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. Oh, Lions defensive you, you, tackle was on that Washington team. Levi, <laughs> he's there. Wow. I'm blown away by this. On uh, Yeah, On Yeah, he was on that team. Crazy, crazy to think about. But I'm not going to let you off the hook because I got one question for you. And okay. it's going to be simple. I think it's simple. Who is the best player at Ohio State right now this year? If you could take away one player and you're the University of Michigan, who are you taking away? C.J. Stroud. Okay. He,
1: he's the straw. He, he's the straw that stirs this drink. He was a freshman when the year started. He had never thrown a pass. It really wasn't fair. Ohio State put him in a bad situation. Oregon caught them early. It's, you know, anybody who played Ohio State early was going to have a chance to beat them. Yeah. That kid's not a freshman anymore. He's only going to get better. He's just realizing his potential and how good he can be. You're going to see him probably for at least another year. He's the straw. If you take him out the game, you got a chance. But then again, remember, I remember when uh they 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 took um uh uh who's the quarterback and, and then Haskins had to come in. Oh JT Michigan Barrett knocked him out the game. JT Barrett, they knocked him out the game. JT was hurt, he was hobbling all game. Michigan had a chance to win. I remember the wide receiver dropped a pick six, and then in comes Dwayne Haskins, and you're thinking Michigan's finally about to beat Ohio State. And Haskins just lights him up. Oh yeah! Now, he I don't ran know if they have like enough.
0: a long first down. Like I don't think I ever saw yeah. him run again. Like yeah, he played unbelievable. Because when you saw him come in, you were right. Michigan won this game.
1: Yep, and and he was. But I would say right now is is C.J. Stroud. He's because with him, everybody else is great. If you take him out, I don't know what the backup is going to look like. So yeah, I would say he's the best. He's the best player on the team.
0: All right, and. I mean, I'm ready, man. I'm ready. It's all on the table. Happy Thanksgiving, Rico. I'm pumped. Go get full. I hope that Michigan State doesn't get too full, so they're not sluggish out there on Saturday. That I don't think. Yeah, hopefully,
1: hopefully, hopefully, you got enough people out there. They got a 3:30 kickoff, so we'll know, you know, who's going to be representing the Big Ten East by the time the
0: game kicks off at for this. Well, no, no way, because that's a Fox game. That thing's going till four. You know, they're milking that thing. oh that's a (laughs) big fox noon kickoff you know that thing's going till four o'clock so so that means they're going to be announcing it during the game the winner of the game i got a feeling
1: if the buckeyes beat michigan there may be a little bit of a cheer in the building i'll
0: guarantee it guarantee it i would bet all the money in my wallet all
1: right but yeah happy thanksgiving uh, evan happy thanksgiving to all you listeners out there thanks for subscribing tell your friends keep listening Yeah, we'll have some instant reactions. Evan and I will be able to do it live this Saturday at the end of the game. So it should be fun. Like I said, guys, eat well. Enjoy your families or enjoy your friends if you hate your family. For Evan Jenkins, I'm Rico Beard. Thanks for listening to the Five Star Zone.